Hi, welcome to the Ellen B Show. I'm Ellen, your host for this great talk show that informs with real facts and not false news. I'm coming to you from KZSM.org in San Marcos. KZSM is true community radio. If you miss my show, you can follow me on SoundCloud or Facebook. When you go to SoundCloud, type in the Ellen B. Show. And when you go to Facebook, type in Ellen Braverman. Before I introduce my guests... I am going to read my disclaimer so I don't cause any trouble for KZSM, myself, or my guests. All right, here it goes. The opinions expressed on this show are those of its hosts and guests, and not of the opinions of KZSM or its governing bodies, SMTXCRA. Well, I'm excited about my guest today. Um, He is... Brett Keister, and he is the executive director of Hayes Community YMCA, and you're in for a treat because we're going to be talking about the YMCA. I've always wanted to know more about the Y, so today I'm going to have the opportunity to ask all the questions I want, and hopefully your questions will be included. All right, welcome to the show, Brett. Thank you. All right. Let's get started. The history of the YMCA. How far back does it go? What did it look like? Why was it created? Who created it? And where was the first Y built? Well, it's a rich history. Um, Very rich. Very rich. So it's 174 years young. uh, Oh, it is? As a movement, yeah. So the YMCA was first established in London, England in 1844 by George Williams. And uh, for those history folks out there who knew what was going on, that was during the time of the Industrial Revolution that was going on in England. So you had a lot of, um, you know, uh, farm workers, people that had grown up in very rural environments just flooding into the cities um, looking for work. And uh, George was uh, a farmer turned apartment store worker, and he was very uh, shocked at just everything that was going on and just the lack of support for these young men. So him and about 11 friends established the YMCA. So Mm -hmm. the Young Men's Christian Association in 1844 was a very true to kind of what that name is. So it was a it was a Bible study essentially for young men uh, to give them something to do other than the other lures that were going on (laughs) from the drinking and the gambling and the prostitution and all sorts of stuff that was really prevalent back then. and why, you know, service organizations, social organizations, um, they weren't the first. Right. Um, it was unique in the fact that they accepted people from all classes. So, you know, you kind of have more of a class-based system in uh, England during that time, right? Yeah, more than just the haves and the have-nots. And they took everybody in. So oh. that was kind of its unique um you know, identity, right? And and really true to who we are today. Yes, being a very welcoming organization, no matter you know what uh, you know you look like, no matter how you identify, no matter where you come from, right. uh, the YMCA tries to welcome everyone. So, um, it's a couple of years later, um, 1851, it mm-hmm. decides to to come across the pond, as they say, and the first YMCA was established uh, in the U.S. by Captain Thomas. Sullivan, who was working as a marine missionary, and he established it in the Old South Church in Boston in December 29th, 1851. So they're coming up on their anniversary here in the next month or so. Um, so that was kind of how it first came over uh, from, you know, from England during that time. And it was in uh, 1856 that we started to establish student YMCA's on college campuses um, all across the United States. And then in 1853 in Washington, 
Washington, D.C., the very first African-American YMCA was established. Um, So it was separate, kind of like how things were back then. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. And then um, actually in in 1856, the very first ESL, which is known as, you know, English as a second language class, was established by the YMCA for German immigrants in the YMCA of Cincinnati. So um, that's a program, obviously, that, you know, know, people might be aware of today, um, especially here in the uh, central Texas area. Kind of moving along from there, the YMCA gets into the housing, right? And and, and the 1860s, right? And we all know the YMCA song, right? You know, you know, and they talk about a place that you can go, a place that you can stay, right? Um, And uh, for a long time, YMCA's were in that that housing, right? They they were you know welcome people in, you know, they could get get a room, you could get a hot meal, etc. And a lot of those Y's have kind of gotten out of the housing business, right? Um, Right. So I I was uh, uh, pretty fortunate in my career starting with the YMCA Central Ohio, which is one of the older associations. So in 2005, they stepped, they celebrated their 150th anniversary. Wow. So, so I've been around for a long time. And their downtown YMCA, which was built in 1929, right. beautiful marble floors, you know, this, this beautiful building. And it was two sides. And one side was the YMCA side. And the other side was the housing side, right? So that's where you would stay, you could rent a room. Um, they got out of that housing business. But um, what's unique to them, and, and every Y is unique in the communities that it serves is um, they do a lot of like drug and alcohol counseling and that kind of stuff on that side that used to be the residency side. So, um, you know, the YMCA of Houston has a huge immigration services branch. It is a branch of the YMCA of Houston that helps people, you know, with, um, you know, establishing citizenship, getting, uh, you know, workers, you know, visas, that kind of stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, so you need to put out some sort of little booklet. Oh, I don't think there's enough paper because every Y is very unique in the communities that it serves in responding to those needs. And that's kind of been the MO um, for quite some time. And actually in, in 1861, um, about 5,000 uh, YMCA volunteers, because mm-hmm. the YMCA was established by volunteers, and for the longest time was, there wasn't a paid staffer for many years. Um, about 5,000 people um, volunteered um, as uh, surgeons and nurses and chaplains to serve during the Civil War. So that's kind of how how far back you know it goes in terms of an actual movement of volunteers oh, so wow. um and then about um 1869 that's when you start to see a lot of buildings come into play as right. ymcas and um those had uh gymnastics um and that kind of stuff as, as as the programs they run and then kind of camping so the ymca uh traditionally was known in camping and we started the first residential day camp in 1885 quite some time ago and that was up in uh, Orange Lake New York is where that first started when when did you uh, let women in um, the women so the YMCA I'm not you know actually actually I'm not sure exactly when it was completely integrated um, but I wouldn't say too far along because YMCA uh, women served as volunteers in YMCA as well oh okay like in the oh, 60s well. so oh, okay. as far as like membership right you know because there's these, these photos right these archive photos and I think there's actually even some on because um, their Discovery Channel or it was right. National Geographic actually did a big history of the YMCA of these men swimming naked in the pool really at the YMCA you're kidding no no so it really was the Young Men's Christian Association for men for a while you know uh, before you know women were allowed to, to join, join as members and that kind of stuff and, and it really was though I mean it was uh, so the YMCA of Austin is very young to the movement at around 75 years old right so right. we're we're 100 years later in the in <laughs> Austin we're 
1850, or sorry, 1953 is kind of when we were established. Right. And we incorporated, I think, in 57 it was. But the first house, it was on Guadalupe Street. You know, there was like a pool table down below. And then there was like a small game room. And then there was a place for like little Bible study up front. So it was it was literally just young men um, right. that were kind of hanging out at the local Y. Right. So, um, but uh, and then some of the kind of traditional programs, if you have some, some listeners that are, you know, more mature, uh, it was in 89, so 1889, that the YMCA established programs like uh, the Tri High Y Club or the High Club and that kind of stuff. And that was for serving youth for all ages. And it worked with local high schools and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So that was uh, the Tri High Y was a women's um, uh, program. And then in the 1890s, uh, why we, we, we don't uh, get a lot of credit. Um, oh, sorry, excuse me. I actually kind of jumped ahead here in some of my uh, some, okay. of, some of my stuff here but it was yeah okay so in the so the 1890s uh, instructor William Morgan uh, thought basketball was too strenuous for businessmen so uh, and actually 1896 the YMCA invented the sport of volleyball so um, that's one of the f- sports that people know today that's still around also racquetball is another sport that was invented um, at the YMCA by a YMCA and then while basketball wait wait wait, wait, wait. volleyball volleyball yeah so in 1850 oh, sorry 18 where is it yeah 18 uh, 1890s so eight, the Y invented mm-hmm. volleyball the YMCA invented volleyball yeah and racquetball and racquetball and we don't get credit no. But James Namath was the inventor of basketball, but he invented it at a YMCA under the guidance of the instructor to say, hey, invent something for these guys to do. Uh-huh. And along comes basketball. So yeah, a lot of... A lot of volleyball. Clothing. Well, no. Volleyball, yes. Racquetball, yes. And basketball. It was invented by James Namath, right? Basketball was. Right. But it was, he, he was working for the YMCA at the time. And he was at a YMCA that it was. Oh yeah, you in, don't get credit for any of that. We don't get credit for that, but it's okay. I told you. See, you have to buy. You have oh, to. Yeah. You have to. Um, yeah. You have to create a um, a small booklet. Well, there's. I have a history. I do have a beautiful book that's uh, that's talks uh, about it. That talks about, about the, the history. Why. Yeah, it's it's pretty. All right. What else fun. you get? What other tidbits do you have for us? Well, uh, so swimming lessons, right? Yeah. You know, that's uh, the the concept of a group swim lesson was invented by the YMCA so in 1909. All, so at first, the Ys did not really have. Uh, swimming pools. No, we didn't have. Uh, some wise did, you know, right. uh, like East Coast and that kind of stuff. Um, and in 1909, uh, a man named George uh, Corson arrived at the Detroit YMCA, and he used these new radical techniques for teaching swim lessons called the group swim lesson. Which you know, no matter where you go, no matter what your provider is, whether it's the YMCA or somebody else, right? Group, group swim lessons is how it's done. Um, so yeah. Okay. And then later on in the, the early uh, 1900s, like 1910, you see an explosion of African-American YMCAs throughout the country. You see about 25 in 23 years, so about, about one a year um, kind of going up. And then... Um, but they didn't integrate them. They did not integrate. No, they didn't okay. integrate. Um, and then uh, throughout World War I... Uh, the YMCA um, operated about 1,500 uh, canteens in the United States and in France and set up 4,000 uh, YMCA huts for recreation and religious services uh, and raised more than $235 million, which would be about $4.3 billion today, uh, for relief work for um, those folks affected during World wow. War One. So uh, 1926, the uh, infamous program called Why Indian Guides and Princesses gets established. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> that was a, a great... Family program um, that really, 
you know, kind of supported that bond, right, for fathers and mothers. Um, and, and keeping with that program, but being, you know, sensitive to, you know, what that means, you know, and, 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 and how that shows up in spaces and lives. Um, we uh, changed that program to the Why Adventure Guides. Oh, okay. That's what we did. So (laughs) we wanted to make sure that uh, we were, you know, just aware of kind of what that means for people, right? Yes. Um, So we changed that a while back. You were sensitive to the Native American population. Yes, for sure. Um, Though the the guy in the YMCA song, I don't know about him, so with the the headdress. (laughs) But um, so, uh, and so that was in 1926. And then uh, one of the coolest programs I think that you don't ever see unless you, you know, actually volunteer for the Y is the Youth in Government program. So the Youth in Government program gets established in uh, Albany, New York in 1936. This program yeah. is a leadership program for um, high school and middle school age, but predominantly right. high school, right. where kids participate in mock government. So they will actually write a bill. They will argue that bill. They will try to get that bill passed. Some successful, some not, just like the way our, right. our political system works. Right. Um, they'll also participate in uh, mock trials. So we have, um, you know, appeals court. We have, you know, traditional trial court. And then, of course, uh, seemingly the, the third branch of government these days, which is media, right? They actually <laughs> participate by writing a, a real paper, like real print, right? You right. know? And things like this, like right. podcasts and right. um, things like social media, right. covering the event, covering the bills that are coming to the floor, covering the you know outcome of the trials and that kind of stuff. And they participate in a district conference, which actually happens. So wait, is the is the the why that you're involved in? Do they have this program? Yeah, we do. So um, oh, we have a, know a big club over at um, Jackson Hayes High School. We have forty kids in our club, and then we have. Tell them I want to interview them. Well, you know what? I will I will definitely do that because they're they're great kids. We actually had so they participate in a district conference and a state conference. So the state conference, which is in January, the district right. conference, which is in November. So we had one of our kids named Jordan, right? Right. So, so Jordan was a homeschool kid and participated right. in our homeschool program back when he was just, you know, yay tall. And through youth and government, he 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 develops his voice, right? He gets confidence. And as a junior in public high school, he decides he's gonna run for governor. So when you run for governor, you think government program, it is just like you are running for governor for the great state of Texas. You have to get people to vote for you right. that you have never met, that right. you will never meet, right. unless they show up at the state conference that early in the following year. So uh, in that respect, um, he came in second place. So if you come in second place, you actually become lieutenant governor. You don't become governor. Right. But uh, but he presided over it last year, and it's, it was just an awesome, awesome kind of event. And you have kids from about, about 2,300 kids from all across the state um, compete in the state conference, which takes place at the Capitol itself. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to have them on the show. That'd Very be fun. interesting. Um, so, so why it's kind of evolved from there, you know, with right. sports, um, you know, you get the sixties and the seventies, you see an explosion of childcare services, right. either on site or at after school care sites. And then kind of the two thousands to the present day, um, I would say the biggest thing the wise responding to is the need for public health. So we've done a lot of public health, uh, programs. We have a diabetes prevention program that's sponsored through the CDC. We have a, uh, healthy, uh, families program, which is for kids and their families. So it takes the whole thing that, um, are obese in the age range of 7 to 13. All right. Uh, Sid is uh, motioning me. It's time for a break. So we're going to break, and we'll be right back with uh, Brett and uh, the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the... (laughs) Every Monday night from 11 until 1 on Tuesday morning, you've got The Wiz with you, bringing you the best. All that great vinyl... 
from all the years past. All the snaps, crackles, hisses, and pops that lets you know that it is legitimate. Bono, catch us here, kzsm.org. Bono Confessions. Hi, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you are listening to the Ellen B Show with me, Ellen, as your host. I'm coming to you on KZSM from San Marcos, a true community radio. You can also follow me on SoundCloud and Facebook. Today I'm talking about the YMCA, and I am I have Brett Keister as my guest, who is the director, executive director of the Hayes Community YMCA. All right, so the, I'm learning so much. Keep going. Yes, I think we all are. Um, so, uh, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about where the Ys were, but kind of taking a step back, when we talked about the creation of the youth and government program in 1936, uh, also uh, during WW2, the YMCA, along with five other national volunteer organizations, founded what is now known as the United Service Organization, or the USO. Also, during World War II, the YMCA worked with the U.S. internment camps, holding about 10,000 Japanese Americans, organizing clubs and activities for kids um, that were in those uh, internment camps. And then it was in 1946 that the uh, the National YMCA actually uh, ended uh, its um, segregation policies that allowed for full integration of YMCAs um, all across the country. Oh, good. So uh, kind of moving into the into the 50s, um, that's when racquetball gets created and the uh, Greenwich uh, Connecticut YMCA as an alternative to squash and handball. So, and <laughs> I, I will tell you, um, anytime there's a renovation of a YMCA anywhere I've ever been, someone always asks me, so you're going to build those racquetball courts? <laughs> and, you know, I love racquetball. I right. do. It's a, a great sport. Um, I remember uh, playing uh, when I worked for YMCA Central Ohio, getting beat by men 35 years older than me, in some cases even older. They could just put that ball right in that sweet spot. And here I am, this 20-something-year-old guy just running all over an 800-square-foot area. But uh, unfortunately, it's not a growing sport. So uh, uh, basketball, football, soccer, those are growing sports. Racquetball, unfortunately, is is not. Is not. Is not. So um, I'm sorry, listeners, but I think there are a few racquetball court clubs still around town. so that's kind of uh, kind of where we go in the in, in the 1950s. Um, so uh, kind of moving into the, the the 1970s is when the Y really actually starts engaging in, in public policy. So um, there are state alliances for YMCA's all across the United States, and um, they do a lot of that kind of advocacy, public policy work. So um, one of the things that we worked really hard was to establish um, some guidelines um, for out-of-school care time providers. So um, these guidelines kind of dictate like uh, physical activity, healthy eating, that kind of stuff. And it's like a a star system, right, essentially. And um, it's uh, accreditation that any out-of-school care time provider, so whether you're the YMCA or uh, extended care or whomever, can actually apply for. And it kind of gives the parents something to kind of look at, to look at, oh, yeah, so my kid's going to get physical activity. They're going to get homework support. They're going to get, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables and that kind oh, of stuff. Wow. So, okay. um, you know, it kind of goes back to, you know, that more traditional YMCA of the spirit, the mind, and the body, right? With the logo, with the triangle and everything like that. Right. So, um, so by uh, the mid-70s, the National YMCA and the NBA um, Players Association created the Y 
YBA, which is the Youth Basketball Association, to uh, organize um, youth into recreational sports programs that stress skills and teamwork over winning. So um, the National uh, YMCA Swimming and Diving Championships, uh, which started in the uh, 1922, became the world's largest swimming championship with over 1,500 participants. So well, some really, really cool things there. 19, uh, kind of 94, you see the YMCA's move to the character values, you know, so some of your listeners might be familiar with that. If they grew up at a YMCA of caring, honesty, responsibility, and respect, mm-hmm. um, which are the four nationally recognized ones. A lot of whys, particularly in the South and the Bible Belt and, you know, North Carolina have faith as a as, as another value as mm-hmm. well. So, um, and kind of all through the, you know, uh, the, the early 90s and that kind of stuff, um, we start uh, working on, you know, uh, our health wellness programs, our sports programs, Etc. And then actually on, on June 1st, 2001, about 1,200 YMCAs hosted 700, or sorry, about 1,200 YMCAs hosted in conjunction the world's largest run event from Maine to Hawaii and the country's first synchronized run walk event. So all, across all time zones, all time zones. So they had over 15,000 volunteers and over 54,000 youth and adults participated. Oh, an actual wow. run walk program. Oh, wow. So um while you were talking I kept thinking how did, where does the Y get the money? How does it is it all on membership or so uh yeah, so why the YMC is a really unique organization and the fact that we have a fee for service model. So you pay a membership fee, right. right, that goes to keep the lights on, pay you know, pay the staff, pay my salary, right. um, et cetera. And then we have uh, also our fundraising, right? So um, every year we have an, an annual giving campaign where we, we go out, we talk about the great work the Y is doing. Um, we talk about how we reach out you know, let people in or encourage people to participate who otherwise might get turned away right. subsidies that we provide. Right. And, and that's where all the funds and the proceeds go to that we raise. So, um, specifically, uh, the YMCA of Austin, which includes Hayes County, we have a branch, you know, in Buda. Um, and we also have a branch in, uh, dripping Springs as well. Uh, we give out about $2.8 million worth of financial assistance. I know so. because we're involved with uh, silver sneakers. Yes. So, oh, um, it saves us seventy-eight dollars a month. Well, and that's actually a partnership with insu- with a uh, with, with different insurance companies. Yeah. Where they actually cover the uh, the cost right of 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 that membership. Uh, but we have a lot of people that come in that just, um, you know, they're having a hard time. You know, they might be taking care of a, of an elderly parent. Um, there might be some medical bills in there. You know, their kid uh, might have something going on, right, to where they don't have that kind of, you know, Extra disposable money. income, right. you know, to spend on, you know, what, what we see is, you know, your health, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and so we, we work with those folks and we get them in at a rate that's affordable. Um, you know, we have some family members that are paying like 15 bucks a month for a family membership. And, um, we also subsidize people who just want to take programs with us. So, you know, if a kid is, you know, need to get active, really like soccer, we can get them in a soccer program, um, or a basketball program. Um, or if it's a, a leadership thing, right. We get them in our youth and government program. It does so. each Y, um, raise their own funds. Yes. So each, 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 each branch of the YMCA right? so its own funds. has a goal, right. And, you know, goes out and, and works in their communities to raise those funds. Well, we go to the one in Kyle. It's beautiful. 
Right, yeah. I mean, we go swimming, and you have a warm pool, then you have a swimming pool. Right. Then you have a hot tub. Yep. Then you have a sauna. So Sydney and I, we go like three times a week. I mean, it's We appreciate that. It's really nice. So you guys, if you're out there and you're listening to me, you got to join the Y. It's really good. I mean, I really... I really like it. And then every so often I'll take a, uh, a yoga class. Yes. There. Yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the coolest things that we actually get to do is uh, uh, through a partnership with Hayes Consolidated Independent School District mm-hmm. is we Oh, have, yeah, the children's swim program. You have to right. talk about that. Yeah. So we, uh, so we have a program called uh, First Grade Swim. And um, our, well, it was called First Grade Swim when we first started. Now it's called, um, was it uh, Swim Safe is what it's called now. And... What we do is we work with the Title I schools, right? Right. Um, we don't get them all just because there's so many schools and there's there's not enough time currently right. in the calendar right. to get it all done. Um, but they get bused to the YMCA and they get a, a swim lesson just like anybody else would right, get. Right, because we're there when they get that swim lesson. Oh, yeah. they love it. Mm-hmm. They want to come back. Well, and they do. They come and back. And they're for, so cute. They are cute. They have cute. their little Y bags. They got little Y bags. <laughs> yep. We, uh, so, so, so we, act, that, that program, you know, we provide financial assistance. That, that, that program just at the Hayes uh, location because it's right. done throughout our all of our wives. Right. We serve 700 kids a year annually oh, in that you program. Do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So year to date, uh, over 6,000 uh, kids have come to that program at that Hayes Communities branch. And um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing to see a kid walk into that pool. And you know, love it. It's their eyes get big. Oh yeah. Sometimes that's fear because yeah. you know we're dealing with folks who don't have a lot of access, right? To necessarily, the, yeah, right? And um, you know, there's a lot of hesitation, but through the course of those programs, that the the amount of confidence that gets built, and and Ellen, you told me you were an educator, oh, yeah, we so watch, yeah, that that just translates to so many things oh, that they can do. You know, yes. when that light bulb clicks for them right and they realize i can do this right that kind of attitude i mean that's that's what changes the world right there you know that that you know i I, can do i I can do this so um yeah we were sitting there (laughs) while we're in the hot tub and watching them swim oh they were adorable yeah well behaved didn't give anybody any trouble. Now, the fun part is changing them in the locker rooms afterwards. So that's that's where that's where the uh, the redirection comes in. Um, you know, I've, I've, I, I myself go in there and help them sometimes, you know, and I'm like, all right, we got to beat the girls, right? We got to beat the girls, you know, just to kind of speed them along. Yeah, um, right. But uh, they also get 40 minutes of physical activity. So that's the other piece. So um, they get, you know. Jeez, like almost 80 minutes of physical activity that day and every day for those two weeks. And then we give them a one month family membership to take oh, home do? with them. Yeah. So they, we want them to come back with their families. Right. Uh, we want them to get involved and, you know, continue to swim lesson, do a sport, whatever it is they want to do. Right. And then, you know, if we need to talk about financial assistance, then we can have that conversation and we can hopefully get them in where uh, they can, you know, partake in the YMCA just like everybody else. Oh, I didn't realize it. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Free membership for yeah. a month. That's a month. nice. Mm-hmm. And they have up to three three months to use it so a lot of times we'll see those come back in around the summertime you know those yeah. kids are kind of on the yeah, tail end right. so um, well then you have that splash pool on the outside in the right. summer yeah so we have this when the outdoor pool opens and that's when our membership goes just you know bonkers you know with, yeah. with people um, coming in you know that uh, join for the the outdoor pool in the summertime well I'll tell you silver sneakers because we didn't have that in North Carolina and we came here and it was like oh it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's the best thing health-wise well, and, and for the seniors. We are in a, a you know, that 
time, right? Right. Where the more, more, you know, those that are 65 and up right. make up a large percentage of our membership. And, you know, it's it's only, it's reasonably prudent for us as an organization right, too. Um, to help you guys maintain your health, right? Yeah. Um, you know, from just a personal life enjoyment standard and the fact that, um, you know, y'all are going to live forever. Yes, you know? right. I mean, you know, I, 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 and I mean that, you know, with sincerity when I say right. that. Right. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's better for everybody, so... I know. Now you've got other programs. Um, you do daycare for kids, right? Right. Want to talk about that? You've got to talk about Camp Moody, right? Yes, Camp Moody is our, our next big thing. Um, oh, okay. So we're going to take a break. Sid's signaling to me, and we're going to talk about daycare for kids because that is wonderful. I wish when I had my two kids that we lived that close to a Y for the daycare. It was, yeah. Oh. I could have used it. And then we're going to talk about Camp Moody plus any other um, programs. Okay, see you in a little bit. This is Rebecca Dahl, flower child and host of the Rainbow Flower Power Hour on KZSM San Marcos Community Radio. Folk, psychedelic rock, and pop from the flower power era to current indie rock and a little talk bringing those ideas of peace and love into our times. Tuesdays, 6 to 8 on KZSM.org. Power to the peaceful. Okay, if you're just tuning in, you tuned in to me, you're listening to Ellen on the Ellen B Show. I'm your host, and I'm coming to you from KZSM, from San Marcos, a true community radio. And we are on Monday nights from 7 to 8. Pre-recorded because if a guest doesn't show up, you don't want to hear me and Sid talk. And Mondays from 8 to 9. I'm sorry, Thursdays. Whoops, Sydney just corrected me. Thursdays from 7 to 8, and it's pre-recorded. And then Mondays from 8 to 9. Okay, so I'm talking with Brett Keister, who's the Executive Director of Hayes Community YMCA, and I am learning so much. And I want to know about the daycare program for kids because I love that and wish I had that when I had when my kids were little. Yes, um, we uh, we love the kiddos. That is for sure. Um, that's one of our pillars: youth development. Um, so we serve them in a couple of different ways in regards to, to, to child care. So okay. um, one is on site when a mom or dad or caregiver comes in and needs to work out. So we, we provide that as a benefit to their to their membership. And in uh, and, and those programs, uh, we try to keep them moving, try to keep them active. Uh, we rotate them around, we take them outside, we do games, that kind of stuff. We have some you know arts and humanities stuff we do in there. Um, there is some a technology piece as well. Uh, and then uh, after school care during the school year so um we have oh you do i didn't know you had after school yes. care. so we do after school care on site in the school so it's particularly oh, on site in the school right so you would never know because you don't know right so, um so specifically in hayes we're only in in two schools with negley and um carpenter hill but we have about 20 sites in and around austin and then we have the entire mainer isd school district as well so um uh that would they have like uh nine or ten schools up there or maybe a little bit more i think I could even be up to 13 now. They're that's kind of a growing area. So um, in, in that, you know, 2.30 to 6.30 time frame, right. um, 
We do a lot with the kids. So um, they have different stations set up. They rotate to different stations. Um, They have time to do their homework. They get a healthy snack. Um, So we really work hard to just, you know, not just care for them, but, you know, build relationships with them. Um, And then what we do with those kiddos at the end of the year is we have about 75% of our kids from after school care transition to our summer camp program. So that's the, that's the all day care. That's seven to seven kind of a thing. And every week is a different theme. Uh, One week it's uh, sharks and minnows. One week it's crazy, wacky science. One week it's adventure for all. And, you know, that's for the school aged child, right? Right. And then, um, you know, have those centers, they have those themes. One of the really cool things is we compete in a camp Olympic day. So Olympics is the theme, right? Okay. It doesn't matter if it's an Olympic year or not. Okay. But they they pick a country and they learn all about that country, right? Oh. And they, they pick flags, they do the whole nine yards. And then we go to uh, Austin School for the Deaf right there on, on Congress. Yeah. And they give us the track and they compete in these track and field events, you know, with the, with the summer twist to it, right? You know, right. Um, the... Uh, was it the uh, water balloon toss? I don't believe is going to be in the upcoming Summer Olympics, but it is in ours. So, um, but the kids compete and it's real fun and they take pride in it and everything like that. So, um, it's much more than just take care of my kid, bring them back in one piece, right? It's they're do actually you use volunteers or do you pay? That's people? staff. Yeah, that's staff. That's staff, and that's hard work. That really is right. hard work. Um, I uh, I got to work residence camp uh, when I was. Uh, a, a, a young you know, teenager as well as uh, day camp like we do here. And uh, it's a lot of work. It really yeah. is. It's very rewarding and very fun, but it's a, it takes a lot of energy. You know, you got to be on all the time. All the time. All the time, you know. So, but uh, that's kind of how we serve the, uh, you know, mostly the youth, but we have other programs that we serve them in. So we serve them in, uh, you know, a dance class or we have a little, uh, a chef's class, um, in, uh, at our, our ROI, they do in the kitchen and we tried to introduce ingredients that they might not have heard of. So last week we uh, integrated bok choy as the, Oh yeah, we saw the, yes. So, yeah, um, the we kids, came at the end mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then the week before that it was uh Korean style meatballs. So that kind of stuff. So all sorts of things. And for the younger ones, we actually will pair it with the book. So of course we did green eggs and ham. Like oh, you did green food dye in their scrambled eggs uh, with some ham, and we read the book afterwards. So um, things like that as well too. Um, and then we actually do a uh, for our adults and, and for families too. If they if they you know have availability, we do a um, nutrition class, you know, cooking class, that kind of stuff too. More plant based kind of uh, you know diet. Lots of things. Plus, we have a registered dietitian on staff too. So oh, you do yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you have a lot of programs for seniors, not just silver sneakers. Right. Yeah. So, um, so anybody and everybody, um, I would say our, our biggest up and coming senior program is probably going to be, um, pickleball. So pickleball is the sport for, um, our active older adults. It was actually the fastest growing sport in 2017, according to some survey by somebody, but, uh, I can see why we have anywhere from, you know, uh, 18 to, you know, up to 30 people come for our pickleball. And we have it four days a week, you know, roughly between the hours of nine and one o'clock. And uh, it's it's a great sport. It's um, for those of you who liked racquetball, you need to gravitate towards pickleball because it is racquetball-like, but right. it's uh, play with a wiffle ball. So you can't can't go as hard as you could with a racquetball. And it's this kind of a small wooden paddle, similar to that of like a smash ball or something like that. And then the net uh, looks like a tennis net, but it's about about knee height or so. 
Okay. And then you play in a, a smaller kind of an area. And it's great because um, you get your heart rate up. And right. you also get a lot of lateral, you know, movement as well. So you're not just exercising in one plane of exercise like you with running or swimming. Right. And it's one of those sports where you can talk to people as you do it. And it's fun. We hosted a racquetball. Oh, sorry. Racquetball. See, there you go. I'm thinking about racquetball. Yeah. We hosted a pickleball tournament uh, about a month ago or so. We had 16 teams. Right, come through. They played from nine to three. Uh, they had door prizes and everything like that. They played so, from nine to three. So nine to three tournament style, right? So you had your brackets and everything like that, and there was a winner, right? When the when the day was done, but it's um it's fun and and, and during the summertime it's great. We see people of all ages playing it. So teens, seeing kids as young as like eight and nine playing it with their moms and their dads, and it's. It's a great family sport. It really is. It's, you know, predominantly, you know, our, you know, our older folks that are playing it, but it, it really goes across all generations. So. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Um, now I saw some literature on Camp Moody, but I don't know anything about it. So Camp Moody, um, formerly known as, as Camp Cypress, um, was a um, made possible by, by several people, but going back in time, uh, George Young was a um, developer out of the Houston area, and he had the land. And this is back when Buda was literally just a, a dot on the map, right? You know, <laughs> maybe you went that way if you're going to Salt Lake, right? And you live south. But um, he uh, he ran it as a camp. He did. He he ran as a camp. It was called Rainbow Ranch. And if you drive up, the the Iron Gate still says Rainbow Ranch, right? And um, he uh, got to a point where he just, uh, you know, couldn't make a go at it anymore, right? right you know, um, right. if anyone's ever run a camp before, things like that, that they're expensive to run. They're not cheap. And they only operate a couple months out of the year, right? So you right. have to make That's your right. entire operating, you know, expense in three months. So he gave it to the YMCA. And um, we sat on it for a long time. We sat on it. And there were plans drawn up of, oh, let's put a pool out there or this or that. And then when we hired our new CEO, uh, James Fink, uh, about 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, he uh, was out there with uh, our then vice president of uh, uh, operations, Tom Parker. And um, like, yeah, maybe maybe we ought to pick this thing up and run it as a camp. And. Uh, it took a long time uh, to of speaking with our board, right? Because you know our, our our board of volunteers is the corporate entity; they're the owners of all the assets, right, of the YMCA of Austin. And um, it took some some uh, business study, right? You know, right. and and some a lot of surveys, and uh, just to really figure out if we're going to make this thing work. How do we make it work year round, not just three months out of the year? And um, the board agreed. I guess it was about almost three years ago, uh-huh. and um, we. We started down that path to where we are now. So, so where we are today is um, about fifteen point three million dollars raised to date on a capital campaign of eighteen point three. So we're about two million short of our phase one goal, and that will include not just the natatorium, which is actually through a partnership with Hayes Consolidated, where they um, provided five point three million dollars of that total that I just told you to build a ten lane. Uh, enclosed natatorium to house their swim teams that currently practice at the Hayes YMCA. So that's Layman and uh, Hayes High School and soon to be Johnson High School when it comes online next year um, as a place to have their meets and all of it, right? A real, a true home. Oh, okay. 
And this will actually be a, a great facility because there's not a whole lot like it. Um, it'll be um, school just be able to generate revenue too as well, um, uh, kind of like they do with the football stadium during playoff times and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, uh, and then we will also use it to increase those first grade swim numbers that I talked about, so we can teach more kids how to swim, oh, right? Because right. the, the district's not getting any smaller, no, right? No, no. <laughs> um, Ulan just opened uh, this past year, and we actually had them come out as part of the first grade swim program too. So um, it'll have that. It'll also have a, a, a fitness center in it. So you as a YMC member can come and swim in the pool and use the fitness center. It'll be about a 2,000 square foot fitness center. And then the the whole front trail, right, which goes through the property. You'll have access to that for walking or for oh, running. Oh, that's nice. Or what have you. And then uh, the back half is where the real fun begins. And that's where all the, the camp stuff is, right? So we got uh, two 700-foot dueling zip lines to take you from the top of the property down to the ball field. We're going to have uh, some STEM learning labs. You know, outdoor education is a thing, right? And connecting kids to the environment, not just for the sustainability of our environment, but for actually hands-on, real-world, what I'm learning in the classroom, you know, right. in a natural environment, just, you know, helps those kids remember and recall and do all of those things. Every Everything that we do out there right now, because we're already doing some of this work, um, is uh, TEKS aligned, right? The Texas Essential Skills and Knowledge, right? It supports what they're doing in the classroom, and it's fun. Right. So um, we actually had 700 kids from Mainer ISD last May come out and participate in a big thing we did on water ecology. So they got to test turbidity. And if you have any Austin learners, they, listeners right now, they are all familiar with the term turbidity. All, all of those all of those fourth graders in Maine are like, I know that word. I know what that means. So they, they learned about turbidity and what it does to the environment. They learned how to test for turbidity. I learned how to test for pH, nitrate, phosphate, all of the things that tell how healthy our aquatic ecosystem is or is not. Right. Um, they got to build watersheds, so they learned about point source and non-point source pollution and what that means when they're dumping paint down the sink and where that ends up. Um, and then they got to play with some dirt. They actually got to break down the, the their soil into components and learn is this, is this loam, is this sandy loam, is it clay loam, is it silt? whatever so they got to do some real world hands-on stuff you know in a beautiful setting along onion creek outside with no air conditioning and nothing like that so they really got to and then you have cabins we will have cabins oh okay they're not built yet no so right now it is 85 acres of just beautiful you know onion creek whatever you know uh along the balconies escarpment and the um, Edwards Plateau. So you get a lot of nice cliffs and outcroppings along Onion Creek. You get hawks that just kind of hang out there all day. Um, you know, we're part of the central migratory uh, fly pattern, you know, so get the pollinators that come through, you know, the butterflies and the monarchs. So could so could we go on that property now? Yeah. So we actually, if you go to the website, austinymca.org and go to locations, go to Camp Moody, you can sign up for a tour if you'd like to. We have some public oh. tours or you can have a, a private tour. And I'd be more than willing to, to take you out there. It's um, I have about three and a half miles with the trails. So um, we worked with a group called the Beautiful Hiker. Mm-hmm. And they're a, a local retailer in Buda on Main Street. And um, they do community hikes on Thursdays and uh, Saturdays that are free. They're open. There are people driving down from Gerald for these community hikes. And we did one out at Camp Moody. They had 75 people show up. That was their biggest community hike. And I, 
wow. hiked them through along with the owner, um, uh, Andrew, through the entire property. And, you know, we identified fauna and floras we went along. Um, so those are some of the things that we do out there right now. Plus, we have family campouts out there right now. We had a, a backyard movie night on last Saturday on the 27th. We showed a Scooby-Doo the movie to about 50 people or so. And we have some more coming up. And um, these are open to anybody. Uh, there is no charge, though a $5 donation per car is strongly encouraged. Right. But uh, we're showing oh, um, we're showing Polar Express in December, so December 1st. We're going to be showing that. Oh, that's a nice one. Yes, very nice. And then um, I'm not sure what the November movie is going to be, but um, it's a big blow-up screen for about 400 people, so we can, you know have lots of folks come through and um, so what happens if we want to take people that are not members of the Y as long as we are yeah they're fine they yeah yeah there's no there's no res- membership restrictions or anything like that for these things that we're doing right now okay um, the family campouts there's a fee for those um, that one's coming up this coming weekend actually we have 12 families registered for it um, so we usually serve about 35 people or so per, per camp out and it's kind of like glamping right you know we do set glamping. the tent up for you <laughs> And it's, it's borderline because there's no air conditioning still, right? And you are sleeping in a tent. But um, we, we do set the tent for you. We cook your meals for you. You do? We cook your meals for you. Yes, ma'am, we do. And program, you know, things like archery. And we get the canoes out, especially now that there's water in the creek, right? And then one of the fun things that, that you get to do as a participant is that the, on uh, Sunday morning when it, when it wraps up about 11 o'clock, we let you wrap up that tent and put it in that small little bag that it came in <laughs> as a, you know, kind of a, a family bonding Thanks. exercise. <laughs> Um, do you, do so, you provide the uh, sleeping bags? No, you do need to bring your own uh, sleepwear. So if Sleep. you're, if, you know, if you, you know, wear, uh, you know, pajamas, a sleeping bag, I had one guy bring an actual mattress. So th- this appeals to a lot of people who like haven't been camping before, right? So I had one guy bring, an, not a blow-up mattress, but an actual queen-size <laughs> mattress, mattress. Oh, which, no. you know, much to his dismay, it didn't fit. Now, a blow-up one will fit, and we've had people oh, do okay. that Oh, okay, we before. have a blow-up mattress. Yeah. Or you can just sleep on the ground in your tent and just be, you know, you're rolling your eyes at me right now. I don't now. think you're so. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> don't you're think like, so. I, I've done that. Scott no, the t-shirt. No, actually, I've never done that. Never. Do. Well, you should come out, Alan, and, oh, and, 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 you know, just take a look at it. It's, it's, it's much like you would find at a state park, right? It's these, these yeah. raised campgrounds that are kind of these. No, I like tenting. I so. like, you know. But, uh, Sid doesn't, but I do. I like yeah. to. Are you going to make our own meals? <laughs> yeah, so we do fajitas. We do fajitas at night. Okay. We do chicken fajitas, but my, my, my friend at the, the chamber, the beauty chamber would tell me, chickens don't have fajitas because <laughs> there, there's no such thing as a chicken fajita. It's, it's, it's all beef. But, um, you know, we, we do that. Um, and, of course, we have a vegetarian option for those two. Oh, good. Um, and then uh, morning, it's pretty simple. It's just like instant oatmeal kind of a thing with some fresh fruit. And then um, we let, usually let people go uh, fishing in the morning, right? You know, uh, catching release only and then uh, participate in other activity and then they kind of come back, wrap it up right at 11 and, um, you know, they go home and that was their Sounds nice. event. It is nice. It is Sounds nice. nice. I think we have to break. Okay, we'll be right back. Bye. Hi there. I have a question for you. Does music make you tap your toes or does music soothe you? Come join me at kzsm.org at the Celtic Corner every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. and see if the music that I play for you soothes you or makes you tap your toes. 
See you then. Okay, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to The Ellen B Show with me, Ellen, as your host. I'm coming to you on KZSM from San Marcos, a true community radio. If you missed my show, you can follow me on SoundCloud or Facebook. When you go to SoundCloud, type in The Ellen B Show. And when you go to Facebook, type in Ellen Braveman. I am here talking about the YMCA with Brett Keister, who's the director, uh, executive director of the Hayes Community YMCA. And I am learning so much. I am so thankful for you coming on my show. And we're going to talk about future plans for the Y or ways in which ways in which members can get involved in helping the Y achieve its goals. How about that one? Sounds great. Um, so Camp Moody is really where a lot of our, our future growth is in terms of, you know, new facilities and, you know, creating something that uh, can serve a multitude of people. Um, I didn't mention it before, but, you know, residential camp is around $1,200 a week if you were to send your kid. Now, that is um, pretty close or more than some people's mortgages. And, you know, uh, one of the cases for Camp Moody uh, is being financially accessible. So, you know, we have our sliding scale for membership, right? Right. And with the same thing for camp too, right? So, um, but certain price point, our price, our entry level price point is going to try to be around $600. So that's going to be about half the cost of traditional residential. And that's for camp. a week. That'd be for a week. That's meals included. That's the whole nine yards. That's lodging. That's uh, all the activities. That's uh, plus quite, meals. What's that? Plus meals. Plus meals. Yeah. That's the whole nine yards. So. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's good. It's a pretty, I mean, it's still a lot of money, right? You right. Know? But we're going to offer financial assistance. We are we are committed at every level of the organization, from the board down to the the part time lifeguard who works one week a month to being available for all. As a matter of fact, the last two words in our mission statement are for all because that's what the Y tries to be. Um, so we also and. In addition to being financially accessible for campers, we're going to be physically accessible because we're just, what, 15 minutes from downtown Austin. We're about 17 minutes from, you know, downtown San Marcos. You know, we're really, really right. close. Right. Most residential day camps are in the hill country. It's a good three hours away. Right. So, um, you know, that peace of mind of having your child or grandchild so close or great grandchild so close can be really nice for people. And the other thing we're doing with Camp Moody is the physical accessibility in terms of those people with physical disabilities. Oh, good. So we are shooting to have about 75% of that camp, not just ADA compliant, because there's a difference between being compliant and being functional. Right. Um, One of the kids in our... um, uh, in our leadership circle, and you, you might have heard of him. He was actually just on a, a radio uh, the other day. He has a challenge called Archer's Challenge. Mm-hmm. And Archer Hadley was this kid out of Austin High who uh, he couldn't get around so well, right? Be, uh, because of, you know, the wheelchair that, that that he had to use. And there wasn't, believe you not, a single door that was ADA compliant for him to be able to even get into school. Oh. Right? Back in right. and he's a young man, so this is this is, you know, recent history here. Right. So he did a, a program called Archer's Challenge to raise the money to make that school as well as other schools in ISD accessible. And every year he does a challenge. Uh, he did one at the Cabela's. Um, he did one at Town Lake a couple of years ago where you had to race around Town Lake and in teams but in a wheelchair, right? To, to oh. see what that is really truly like for someone yeah. having to live um, in that way. So um, that's just kind of, you know, really our goal of camp Moody is to make it, like I said, accessible in terms of geographically because it's close, physically, right, being ADA compliant plus, and then, of course, um, financially. You know, financially as well. So, um, you know, other things um, that uh, make the why unique 
or it's uh, the fact that it's volunteer-led. So we talked about its founding in 1844 by George Williams. You know, he was a volunteer, right? Mm-hmm. Him and his 11 other volunteers. And for many years, it was a volunteer organization, but it's still volunteer-led, even though we have staffers and shiny buildings and treadmills and all those things that you, you join the YMCA for, right? The pool that you mentioned. But it's a cause, right? We're, we're an organization committed to healthy living, uh, social responsibility, and youth development. So in that, we need volunteers, right? So at every level, I mean, we have 3,000 kids or so that'll come through our youth sports program this year, and those kids do not coach themselves. Maybe they like to think that they do, but we need volunteer coaches, right? <laughs> you know, to coach me. teams. Uh, we need um, volunteers to be on our board of directors, right? Uh-huh. We need people that are committed. We need people that have time and talent, and of course, treasure as well to offer, um, because you know we have an annual campaign that we got to raise funds for to, to keep the YMCA accessible for everybody. Um, so there's all sorts of volunteers from the coach to the board member to the special event volunteer helping you know flip pancakes for a breakfast with Santa that we do in December to uh, even you know the volunteer you know uh, nutrition person right so there's there's all sorts of, of, of ways to get involved uh, as a volunteer at the YMCA and every Y is different so you know no matter where you live or where you might be listening um, your YMCA's needs are going to be very particular to that community. So then, if you're interested in volunteering, you know, call up your local Y. Yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah, and what's your what's the number of this Y? So the Hayes Community's YMCA um, is uh, 512-523-0099. And um, you can actually speak with myself, um, you know, no matter what your interest is, and I can get you hooked up with the right person. Um, and then we have some events coming up even between now and the end of the year, um, such as our Breakfast with Santa, which is on December the 8th at the YMCA, um, to our Backyard Movie Nights that we're doing at Camp Moody, um, to all those things. So plenty of plenty of opportunities to uh, get your hands dirty, so to speak. To get involved. Well, it sounds like the boy is doing a good job. Yeah, so we, we, we really try to be attuned to the community needs. So, And as of such, there are a lot of conversations going on right now um, with the potential partners uh, in the area um, to expand not just the physical YMCA, but our services as well, too. So, um, you know, one of our uh, folks that we've always partnered with is Seton, right, uh, Hospital, and uh, specifically uh, Seton uh, uh, Kyle, right? They uh, mm-hmm. uh, are definitely uh, in need of, uh, you know, referral programs, that kind of stuff. People coming out of the rehab program programs like their cardiac rehab programs so we've worked with them with that um we are in talks with um austin community college about providing some services for them as well as maybe even a a a shared physical space with them as well up at kind of the highland mall campus area um we are uh, always in some level of conversations um with the folks out at lakeway about you know kind of a ymca in that community and we had conversations really um with uh, uh san marcus too before when daniel was the mayor um about kind of c- coming down and working to provide some some services and that kind of stuff. Actually, my uh, my associate executive director, uh, right. Gary Davis, is on the board for the um, San Marcos Leadership Program. He was a graduate of that program. And then I sent my um, health and wellness director, Jill Adams, to go through that program as well, too. So we're big fans of the San Marcos community as well. A lot of our kids come from San Marcos, yeah, you San know. Marcus. We talk about programs and kids and how great, how many people we serve, but one of our other biggest programs is employment. So during the summertime, we have 1,800 people on payroll. 1,800? 1,800 people on payroll. And we only have 107 full-time people. So predominantly is like 
Volunteers. Part well, part time. time. Part time. So we work with people um, no matter what um, their schedules are, you know. So, I mean, we have some kids, like I said, that just work weekends. We have, um, you know, I, I think Peggy and Jackie. So Jackie uh, Riley is one of our swim instructors. She teaches our SNAPS, which is our special needs adaptive programming. So she works with kids that have special needs, right? Um, and uh, she is... 60-something years young. She spent an entire career with the IRS. She shows up on her doorstep, I think a week after retirement. She's like knocking on the door. Hey, you know, I think I want to maybe teach kids how to swim. <laughs> She's IRS, right? You know? Yeah. And she is one, the best swim instructor that we have. Is she the one with the after school? We spoke to her. So, well, Jack- at the after school. I mean, during the... Yeah. Uh, She's one of the first grade swim teachers. Right. Yeah. Yes, we've spoken her to her. Her and Peggy. You might yes. have talked to Peggy before, too. So, yeah. Peggy was a member who kind of came to us uh, as well and has worked in many different departments. So, um, you know, there's room for you, even if you're a 30-something-year veteran with the IRS, to kind of give back to the community as, as a staff or as a volunteer. It's really up to you. But uh, lots of different ways to really get involved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful facility. We just love going there, don't we? Yeah, he said he does. Sid said he does. Well, I want to thank you for, for coming. Oh, thank you so much. I learned a whole lot, a whole lot about the why. Things I didn't even know about the why. Where, where I grew up, I grew up with the um, Jewish why. Mm-hmm. The JCC? No, um, the, no, it was in New York. Um, the young, he, it's the Hebrew. Yeah, instead of the C, it's yeah. the yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was a CIT. Oh, did I have a good time? Counselor in training? Yeah. 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 I think we had, we had really young kids. They must have been about maybe age, maybe six. Yeah. So it was me and the counselor. Yeah. It was all, it was in Williamsburg. We had a good time. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I did go to a, um, a summer camp, but it was the, I think it was the fresh air summer camp. Was hmm. it the Y? And that was good. Because my mother couldn't afford to uh, send us to uh, camp. But Sid's saying it's time to say goodbye. So I hope all my listeners enjoyed the show. I certainly enjoyed talking with Brett. And I want to thank you for coming to talk with me and my listeners. I've learned a lot. And if you want to find out more about KZSM.org, go to their website if you would like to help. KZSM, we can use volunteers and donations. If you want to sponsor the LMB show, you can email me at ebsept, that's E-B-S-E-P-T, at juno.com. And if you want to see some of my other shows, go to SoundCloud or my Facebook page. And if you want more information about the why, uh, let me see. I did have phone numbers. Yeah, if you need some more info, you can always visit us online at austinymca.org, or you can give us a call at 512-523-0099. That's right. That's right. So, okay. So until next time, be kind to yourself. And to others, um, but stand tall. So if somebody's doing something you don't like, you don't have to yell at them, you don't have to shout at them, but you have to just say, stop it. I don't want to be involved with that. Say yes to love. And uh, till next time, me and Sid say bye.